It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, I'm Danny Kavanagh and this is episode 7 of Left of Field. Today you'll hear my chat with Hamish Brayshaw from the West Coast Eagles. Hamish was kind enough to speak to me last week from inside the AFL Hub. It's a fun, informative chat and I hope you enjoy it. Well, Hamish Brayshaw, welcome to Left of Field. How are you going today? Very good, thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Now, you've just arrived in the Gold Coast in the Hub. The West Coast Eagles are over there now before they play for four weeks. Tell us, what's the Hub like? Been here for just over 24 hours now, and um, yeah, it's pretty good. The weather in Gold Coast is lovely. The Royal Pines Resort over here is um, a massive facility, so it's um, we're trying to make it as homely as we can. We've all, we're all in our own rooms. We've got our own. There's no real strict times as to when you need to eat, and they're trying to treat it like a like a home for us all. So it's uh, so far so good. Yeah, is there food? Do you order food from a restaurant? What is the, the conditions like there? Well, we've got a little restaurant sort of look downstairs that the, the staff here have put on for us, which is good. Two hour window for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you make your own way down there, and you sort of you do it all up yourself. But yeah, everything here it's it's all been put on, and you can go out and get stuff if you want, take away, and abiding by the social distancing rules and all that. But yeah, everything we need is uh, here, which is good. And what did you request? I heard that some players requested some different things over there for their rooms to make it more homely. Was there something that you really wanted to bring over? We shipped the bus over couple of days ago so I've got my guitar coming over a few boys bought playstations that they can sort of set up in here I'm not a massive gamer so I didn't uh, I didn't bring one over but yeah I've got golf clubs on the way and I've got a guitar in here to sort of occupy a bit of time yeah so you you guys can play golf that's not been ticked off yet we're we're hoping that that'll all be given the green light in um in a little bit of time but a bit musical there with the guitar how are you pretty good I'm still learning. A bunch of the boys here play. I learned a little bit off Josh Rotham, who's pretty good. Brendan Archie is very, very good on the guitar. I think Josh Kennedy might have even brought a banjo over. So there's a few boys that have brought some instruments and we will um, sort of get Got together. Got a little band. Yeah, have a little jam every now and again. So let's go back to the beginning now. Tell us, how did you get into AFL? Oh, I've been playing footy for as long as I can remember. My family's very football-oriented. We've uh, dad played for North Melbourne in the uh, early 90s, late 80s for um, a couple of years. Sort of always been around football. My older brother, Angus, got drafted to Melbourne in 2014, I think. So that when he got drafted, I sort of realised that it football could be a potential career path. And then sort of, yeah, it had a loose goal on that. And then once school finished, I sort of realised that football was, was what I wanted to do. So I... Yeah, knuckled down and then end of 2017, I got drafted and I was in the same draft year as my little brother, which was good. So he, I missed my actual draft year. I had a broken foot and, and didn't get picked up that year. And then the next year coincided with Andrew getting drafted as well. So we both got drafted the same year over to Perth, which is a coincidence, but yeah, it worked out pretty well. Did you know that you always wanted to play AFL professionally, even playing it through high school, or were you just good enough to kind of get there? I was making sort of representative teams throughout my junior. I never really had AFL as a profession set until probably my 18th year. So I was a year in Victoria. We finished school when we were 18, so we finished a year after here. But because my parents were here, I was put in school thinking that we would eventually we might move back. So I was a year young for my year in, in Melbourne. So my draft year would have been my first year out of school. So in year 12, I played ball not really as much as school. So school was my big one there. Footy was I played footy because I loved it, but didn't really have any major aspirations that year. And then once I finished year 12, I realised that I was probably good enough to, to make it. So once school was, was over, I sort of dedicated myself a little bit more to football. What kind of player are you out in the field? I have been playing midfield for, for as long as I can remember. My body body type 
lends itself to more of an inside midfield. I'm not overly quick, so I try and get as much of it done as I can at the contest. So that's the way I've been sort of playing. I've grown up just sort of trying to win the ball and then when I, where I can. But yeah, that's uh, an inside midfield is the role that I play. Now, you are yet to debut for the Eagles. Tell us, what was it like, though, getting drafted over here with your brother? How was that experience? Yeah, that was really good. Andrew obviously went number pick, pick two in that draft. So he, we, I was watching it, and, yep, he got drafted to Freo, which was great. Mum and Dad, as I said before, are originally from WA. So we've got a lot of family over here. So just to have him come back over, that was, that was really good. Everyone, all the family was excited. And then I'd spoken to West Coast a bit before the draft. So I knew that there was a potential a chance that I'd come over here. Then when I got the call at pick 68, I think it was, to come, I was, uh, yeah, I, was, I got on the phone to Andrew straight away. And he was actually, he called me on a media a free eye media conference or something and I didn't know that and I got on the phone and started swearing at him and uh, mm-hmm. had a dish and said oh yeah you're gonna have to sign that down we're on a we're, we're live on some media thing so that's pretty funny but yeah we were um the whole family was excited both mum and dad's family are over here so we've got plenty of connections and to come over here with Andrew made the whole transition because you, once you get drafted it was the Friday night was the draft and we left to Perth on Sunday so it's a pretty quick turnaround and have, not having to do that by myself having Andrew there to do it with me was made it a whole lot easier. And you also mentioned Angus is at Melbourne. How is it having, you know, all three of you boys at three different teams? Do you ever compare notes, club notes with each other? Try not to. Yeah. Club notes are a bit confidential, so you leave them sort of under wraps. But yeah, we, we talk footy quite a bit. When we do catch up, Andrew and myself more so because we're over here, we try and talk other stuff, not football. But when football is the conversation, yeah, we, we riff off each other. We we both, we both all three of us play midfield. So I personally have learned a lot from Angus in terms of midfield craft and, and the way he approaches games. So I probably pick his brains a bit more than just sort of talking regular football. It's interesting having us all on different teams. I mean, I played, when I was in the, I played VFL for a year, played on Angus when he was coming back from the concussion against Casey. So I've played on him before, never played Andrew. I've played him in a scratch match for a quarter, but... Played Angus in a full game, and then Andrew and Angus played each other in up in Darwin a couple uh, two years ago, maybe last year. So that's really exciting to see. It's sort of yeah, we all, all the family get together and watch it, and Mum goes to the game with two scarves on. So it's uh, yeah, with Mum's got three different get ups. So it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic having three different teams. But yeah, it's very exciting and it's a competitive environment. Do you ever have the dream of playing together one day? Look, I personally love West Coast, so I, I don't really want to get up and go anytime soon. But I think. We've all spoken about probably after football is done, we've got a local team back home, Old Haleybury, which is where we went to school. Um, we've got a lot of friends that play there now. And Andrew and I, I know I've spoken about this quite a bit, is to go back there and play local footy with each other and you know, and, and run until we can't sort of move anymore. But in terms of professional football, I don't I don't know where they're at with things. I, I think they're all pretty... I'm pretty sure we're all happy where we're at. So um, I don't know if our paths will cross professionally, but um, I'm sure once football's over at an amateur level, we'll get together and have some, have some games. Do you ever feel that there's a bit of pressure on you? Obviously, all playing professional football, are you ever compared to one another? Do you feel like you're playing in their shadows? I mean, obviously, Angus is older, but he has finished third in the 2018 Brownlow counts. Got some very talented boys in the family. Yeah, it, it does garner a little bit of pressure having their names out there and then playing every week. But we, we the comparisons come and go, but I think we're, we're quite different um, players. Although we all play the same position, we've, we've, we've got different attributes that make us players we are, so... I try not to read too much into any comparisons. If anything, for me, it's that pressure sort of drives me to, to get better. I remember I'm quite a competitive guy and we're all pretty competitive in the family. And even coming through school, um, our ATAR results at the end of the year, Angus set a good score and I we had a bet on that I would beat him. So that drives that drove me to study harder. And same in football, they play well and drives me anyway to, to train harder and, and play better and 
So it's, yeah, it's good friendly competition. But when it comes to living in shadows and all that sort of stuff, I don't really read too much into that. And I'm sure Andrew and Angus are the same. Had quite a few injuries over your short career already. How have you dealt yeah. with that? I've had a couple of little niggles. I had a, um, a, a bit of a knee problem. Just had a arthroscope and some stuff cleared out of my knee in my first year. And then I hurt my toes at the start of last year. So it's, coming up as a, as a young player, it's always tricky to sort of be in those positions and not be able to play. That's what you want to do. I've, I got a lot of advice from Dad and Angus when I was sort of going through that. Dad played football with a guy called Anthony Stevens, who he said was one of the hardest working guys he's ever played with or ever seen. And then he mentioned Brent Harvey a lot as well. I was a North supporter growing up, so... Those blokes work harder in rehab than they did when they were out playing. So I used that advice, sort of tried my best to push myself off the field, and it was good. I was lucky enough, in a sense, that when I was going through rehab in my first year, Eric McKenzie at West Coast was rehabbing his knee. So I basically spent a month or two months, three months in, in the rehab group with Eric, and he is, as any West Coast fan would know, one of the most dedicated professional blokes going around. So to learn off him and, and model my training intensity and dedication off him was uh, really helped me. So I hate being in rehab. It's, no one wants to be there, but when, if and when it does happen, happens in everyone's football career that I sort of take it as an opportunity to work twice as hard to get myself back out there. There's no waffle this year, so the Eagles and Dockers can't play. Does that worry you? What is your plan to build this season to make your debut? It was a bit of a tough pill to swallow when the waffle was given the can for West Coast and Freo. I mean, it was it's obviously a really good platform to, to play well and prove yourself. And initially, I was a bit worried that getting matched him and sort of showing myself would be difficult, but well, I know when we're in the hub, and I'm sure it'll continue on, we're going to be playing sort of scratch matches and having match practice against the reserves for other teams that aren't playing. So with Freo, I've got, I'm not sure how many are on their list, but only 22 can play on every team. So there's always going to be guys that, that are missing out. And, and when we play, for example, Gold Coast, we'll play a scratch match against their guys that are missing out. So there's always going to be opportunity to play match practice football. But then just at training, I think, putting yourself in a position to really impress, giving it everything you've got, you know, that stands out just as much as playing well on the weekend. Do you expect to debut while you're over there in the hub? Oh, trust it. We've got a, look, we've got a pretty good team. <laughs> we to premiership two years ago and, you know, we've only gotten better, I think, since then. So it's all, it's going to be it's all hard to say. I think all I can do is train well and play well in the games that I, you know, that, that I can play just so that if an injury pops up or if there's an opportunity to rise, that I'll have no hesitation to put my hand up and say I'm ready to go. So that's, what I'm hoping the coaches see in, in my sort of approach to the next four or six weeks. And I'd like to think if the opportunity was there, that's I'll take it with both hands. You dropped last year and redrafted. Were you hoping yeah. maybe to go to a team where you could get a bit more time? That didn't really cross my mind too much last year. We spoke pretty early on with uh, the management at West Coast and that was the plan. There's, I'm not sure how the ins and outs of list management, how that all works, but there needed to be some form of turnover and there was a spot on the rookie list that was there and that's the, the path that we're going to take with me. So I've loved my two years here already and, and third year I'm loving just as much. Uh, my dream is to play AFL footy for the West Coast Eagles, so that, me being on the rookie list, I'll let that happen, that's what I want to do. So it didn't really cross my mind too much last year and, and just sort of focusing on getting back and, and having a good pre-season and then starting the year off well. How is the club culture at West Coast at the moment? Yeah, we think we've got one of the best cultures going around. I can only speak to myself, but we've got, you know, such an inclusive environment. We take on the challenge of having to travel every second week and now we're over here on the on the hub. So obstacles that are put in front of us and I think as a group we rise to that challenge and feeling at the moment is we've got a really good list and, and we feel like we can we can really make a mark on this year. So I think everyone's pretty excited and the culture is successful winning culture at the moment and really happy to be a part of it. Last year, there was an incident that involved, obviously, your family and the team with Gaff and your brother, Andrew, and you play with Gaff. 
The next Mm -hmm. couple of days after that incident, what was your relationship like with your brother and with Gaff? How did you personally deal with it? Yeah, uh, I've answered this question quite a bit since then. Got no hard feelings against Gaffy at all. I mean, he's one of my best mates here at the club. My initial response to the incident was, right, I hope Andrew's okay. And then within 20 minutes of him getting in an ambulance and and going off to hospital, I knew that he was going to be fine. Yeah, he had to get his teeth fixed up a little bit, but he was going to be fine. So then my attention pretty quickly turned to Gaffy and how he was feeling. I'm not sure what the outside perception of him as a guy is, but he's one of the best blokes going around. And and it's so so uncharacteristic of him that I could tell that he didn't mean it. So just to see how distraught he was and remorseful after the fact. And my whole family as well resonated these feelings with it. Make sure he's okay and know that we have had no real grudge against him. So... That was what I tried to put across to him over the next couple of days once I knew Andrew was fine. And then, yeah, he took his took a little leave of absence from the club, so I didn't see him around too much. And then Andrew was getting better with his teeth and, and his jaw and the rest. Gaffy apologised to everyone, obviously, but that relationship really has probably grown stronger since then. I mean, we've gone out and the three of us have played golf and we've buried hatchet. They shook hands in that JLT, but that was all sort of for the media and... I think behind the, behind closed doors, we're all pretty close now. And it is what it is. Yeah, I hold no hard feelings to him. And he's one of my best mates here. Do you think the whole incident was blowing up a bit? I mean, it's biggest thing in WA football is, you know, the Derby, obviously. And, and this was an incident that was seen all around Australia. And I've got friends in America that saw it over there. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was blowing up quite a bit. And it was the biggest suspension that the AFL's had in a long time. So it's obviously going to garner a bit of media attention. But... Yeah, it was blown up pretty big behind closed doors and, and with my family and Gaffy's. I mean, it was dealt with pretty quickly. He was back. He went back to Melbourne and he met up with my parents, his parents, and with Andrew sort of met each other. And yeah, they it's all yeah behind closed doors. It was handled very well and then very well, very much blown up. But as as expected, in such a big occasion. Now tell me about your nickname around the club. Uh, I hear it's Canoe. How did that start? <laughs> I had a friend. Uh, it's a funny story. Doesn't doesn't take me in the best light. But I uh, I had a friend in high school who I played football with who would always make the joke every time the wet weather, every time there was forecast rain in the weekend, which in Melbourne playing football in the winter was quite often. Would say, oh, boys, watch out for the canoe on the weekend. Um, I just got an uncanny ability to turn it on in the wet weather. So that was the joke he would run with every other week. And I got the opportunity in my first year to have a game against Claremont where rain was forecast, and it was the first rainy game for the year. And you I thought, thought this was your time great. to shine. Yeah, so I started, roll, I started rolling with the joke pretty early on, probably about a Tuesday when the when the forecast came out. started rolling with the boys, watch out for me this week. They call me the canoe, turn it on in the wet, blah, blah, blah. Talking up a big game, thinking, yeah, I'm from Victoria. I play in the rain every other week. I'll be fine. Anyway, I uh, <laughs> the weekend came around, and yeah, let's just say it wasn't the best game I've ever played. Probably one of the worst games in Waffle history, to be honest with you, but... Yeah, it was, we ended up losing the game and I was piss poor. So I was probably more disappointed about losing. But then afterwards, probably took, I reckon, four hours afterwards for the dust to settle for the boys to start uh, for the boys to start laying into me. So, yeah, canoe sort of stuck from there, which oh, I don't mind. It's a pretty funny story. But, um, yeah, it reminds me of it. reminds me of, yeah, not a great day, but you got to stay humble. So that's the uh, that's probably the lesson to learn out of that one. Push you on to hopefully be yeah. better next time. Yeah. Now, your training, obviously is pretty intense as a professional footballer, but also off the field. I know that you like to do intermittent fasting to reset your body and gut. How does that affect your AFL training? Yeah, that's something I do every now and again. A few of the boys here at the moment are actually doing it to try and keep a little bit of weight off, but I do it mostly over the off-season when I'm not at the club. I find that in-season the training flows in playing football. I probably lack a little bit of energy doing that, but yeah, over the off-season, that just helps me. So I don't eat until midday and then go to 8 o'clock and then sort of don't eat for the 16-hour window where you're not 
eating. And I just find personally it helps me to keep trim and, and, and keep weight off their weight, which allows me to you know train better. That's just something that I found over the last couple of years through trial and error. Have me in a period where it's, the training's not as intense. I keep my weight and my skin folds where they where they need to be to you know to train well. But yeah, when I get back in season, I sort of drop that a little bit. What do you really need to work on now, do you feel, to get that opportunity to kind of break into the team? I mean, the Eagles midfield is so strong, but what are you really hoping that you can kind of bring to the team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, our midfield's pretty strong. I've got some things that I'm working on. I'm trying to, you know, better my ruck mid craft, my sort of connection, the way I am around the stoppage, the way I can influence the game. Probably the biggest thing for me going into this year was just to put form together, string some really good games at waffle level across, and so that if an opportunity did come, I'd be I'd be there knocking on the door. But obviously now that's not going to be as, as easy to do without any waffle games, so I'm just trying my best to sort of work on my skills and my um, sort of midfield stoppage craft at trainings, and then in the games that I do have, just trying to impress and put everything that I sort of practice in place so that if something happens up top and there's, there's a spot that they need to fill, but yeah, the coaching staff will hopefully look at me and, and not have a hesitation. Off field, what other interests do you have? Obviously, post career, where do you think you could be? I mean, you've got your obviously your uncle James Brayshaw being a media guy. Is that somewhere yeah. you could follow maybe into his footsteps? What's interests you? Yeah, media is something that I've sort of been around. My grandpa was a journalist for Channel 10 over here for a long time. My uncle's been in the media for, yeah, for as long as I can remember. So that's something that if it came to an opportunity was there, I'd, I'd certainly look into it. But outside of football, I'm studying at the moment. I'm at uni doing a science degree, currently sitting at the table in front of my math work that I've got an exam for coming up. So I'm doing a little bit of study, trying to sort of keep my options open. When it comes to what to do after football, I'm not still not sure. Got a bit I'm of time. Yeah, trying to knock off a degree at the moment. I've done a little bit of work experience here and there with some labour stuff growing up, but that's just to sort of put a bit of money in the pocket. And then, uh, yeah, I'm studying and seeing what sort of evolves from a career, trying to network as much as I can while I'm at the club. It's a really good opportunity to get to know some people. And on James, has he ever rung you for a scoop, a little bit of an eagle scoop or not? Yeah, no, I think he was the president of North Melbourne for a long time and we've got a lot of North people at West Coast. So I think he's got a couple of other people he'd call in front of me. <laughs> Very true. And obviously you're in the hub now. Is there a chance that after these four games, the Eagles will be playing in Perth? What's the latest on that? Have you guys heard anything else? No, I'm not not 100% sure what the go is. The hubs are going to be anywhere from four to six weeks, we've been told. And then after that, we'll head home. I'm not sure where it all sits as to what we're going to have to do. At this point, we're just sort of focusing on Gold Coast this week and then the next couple of rounds. That was our sort of that was our objective coming over here was just focus on this little block and then deal with whatever happens. I'm not sure anyone knows what's going to happen in four to six weeks with the whole pandemic going on. So I think we just focus on a little chunk and what we can and then deal with the fixture or whatever happens when it comes. I like to ask all my guests, what's a motto you like to live by in life? What's some words that you take with you into each day to keep you motivated and determined um a bit of a cliche one but my brothers and i have said for a long time we use the phrase that's just footy bit of a joke that, uh, that we sort of have but it sort of means that some things happen and go wrong and you dust it off and go again and, and just like footy things can you know happen on a whim and you've just got to deal with them so it's a bit of a cliche and a bit of a joke but yeah that's one that i roll with my girlfriend Lex doesn't really like it that much when i say it but yeah that's, that's one that i've been rolling with for a little bit I like it. Got to move on, keep moving forward. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. I really appreciate it. And I hope all things go good in the hub and the Eagles maybe get some wins. Yeah, thanks very much. And you debut, that's for sure, maybe maybe this weekend. Uh, We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Thank you very much for having me on. It was lovely. Thanks again for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really does help me, so I would appreciate it so much. 
I'll be back again in your ears next week with another Ripper Chat.